Welcome, Trojan fans, to Salute to Troy podcast. I'm your host, Alfred Rowe, and I'm here to talk everything USC football. Uh, first, I want to introduce myself. My name is Alfred Rowe. I am a former Trojan. I played at USC, played under Pete Carroll. Um, I had a chance to win a couple of Rose Bowls. I was there when life was good. Now we're at a point to where you feel like USC is no longer USC. And we're here to discuss that today. Um, uh, you know, this is kind of my introduction show, so we're going to discuss that today. Um, we went through a little phase where it sucked being a Trojan. And being a Trojan is a prideful thing. Everybody loved being a USC Trojan, from being a fan to actually being a student on campus. When you go around town and you meet somebody who graduated from SC, you're part of a network. It, it used to be called a, a mafia. You know, it's one of those true things. Once you're a Trojan, you're always a Trojan. Past years haven't been like that for USC, and we've been living a grim hangover. If you look in the stands, the students aren't even satisfied with the product that's been put out on on the Coliseum, and that that that's something that that's actually a shame, right? And and we've been blessed with we've been blessed with a a, a Christmas gift. Right. And everybody's excited because we have Lincoln Riley now. Right. Lincoln Riley is at the helm and he just hired a defensive coordinator that I think is a excuse me, offensive coordinator that I think is a is a great hire. But not only does Lincoln Riley, the Lincoln Riley hire have a lot to do with it. The NIL has a lot to play with USC. We're seeing guys. We're seeing guys going to Jackson State because they're getting paid millions of dollars to go to Jackson State and play for Dion. We're seeing people go to schools that you would never heard of because of what they're getting because of what's getting paid for kids to go to school. These things are a major factor in recruiting, right? And and one of the biggest problems that SC had under the Helton era is they recruited poorly and they weren't keeping kids at home, right? <clears throat> there was a point in time, and a lot of people say maybe that's changed, where if you were the best player in California, you went to USC. And then everybody else in the pack had their pick, right? Players are not staying home. Now USC has done something that's creating players to stay home. They hired a big-name coach, like I said, and Lincoln Riley, and we'll, and we'll get to Lincoln Riley later. You have the NIL. You're in Los Angeles. The weather is great. When you are winning, the fan base is great. This is what a lot of people don't understand about Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, you have the Lakers, you have the Dodgers, you now have the Rams. <clears throat> you have nightclubs, you have Hollywood Boulevard, you have so many things to do. Right now, right now in Southern California, you can have the perfect day. You can go surfing in the morning and snowboard by the afternoon. You have so many things to do here that if you're putting a bad product on the field, why would I waste my time and my money to go see something like that? And that's what USC had to fix. And I think they have it fixed with their hire. I think they have it fixed with their hire. And people are asking why. Why Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley has been successful. Lincoln Riley has not had a losing season since he's been the head coach at Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley has been to the playoff. Lincoln Riley has a system that works. He is a guy that I think everybody thought it was going to be a big name splash, right? This is a big name. This is somebody who has proven himself in the college football world. 
And this also proves that USC is still the greatest job in the world. Why would you leave Oklahoma? Why would you leave 11-win se- team in 11-win seasons on multiple occasions? Why would you leave that to go to USC? Right? And, and your argument is, you can use this argument, and I'm going to debunk the argument. Well, Brian Kelly left to go to LSU. <clears throat> Here's the difference. Brian Kelly's been in the national championship multiple times, and Brian Kelly has always been four players short. Brian Kelly has never been able to get those four players into Notre Dame because of academic standards. Brian Kelly can now get those four players, and he could go achieve his goal at LSU because he could get those four players in. So we no longer can use what Brian Kelly left. SC must not be the greatest. SC could get anybody in that they want to get in. They're a private institution, and if they want to get players in, they could get players in. The question is, can you recruit them? The recruiting at SC has been so bad in the past four years. The product on the field has not been great. If you look at USC's product the past years, it has been awful. You have never, ever, ever seen anything like that consistently put on the field as far as defense, as far as offense, even as far as special teams. It is not a good product, and that was done by bad recruiting. Lincoln Riley is a proven recruiter. He's a proven winner, and he has proven that he has a system that works. He could put something on the field that is going to make this team successful. Now, let's be realistic about what's going to happen here. We have to be realistic. USC is not going to win a national championship next year. And if they do, they exceed expectations. I want you to hear me again. USC is not going to win a national championship next year. And if they do, they will exceed expectations. With that being said, USC should not lose no less than eight games next year. There's things he has to fix. He has to fix the overall mentality of that football program because they are not mentally tough. He has to fix the physicality of that football program because they are not physically tough. He has to fix the Trojan way of that program because that team that are out there were not Trojans. That is a tall task to fix. Athletically, are they capable? Yes. Are they skilled? Yes. Is that a team that should have won more than four games? Yes. But at the end of the day, he's coming into a four-win football program. To go from a four-win football program to undefeated is a very tall task. And if he accomplishes that, he's going to be the coach of the year. He's going to be the Pac-12 coach of the year. And he's going to be one of the greatest coaches ever in the history of college football. As fans, we have to set our standards and be realistic, correct? And I'm going to help you guys be realistic. The goal is eight wins next year. We have to be an eight-win football team, and that's fine. People are saying, well, I only eight wins. Why are you seeing yourself short? Like I said, they were a four-win football team last year. They just have to win four more, right? The goal is also let's try to win the Pac-12. Even if we don't win the Pac-12, let's win the Pac-12 South. There's no reason why we should be losing the Pac-12 South. There's no reason why we should be using, losing to UCLA like that. There's no reason why Utah and Oregon State is coming in and they're running the ball right up, right down our throats. There's no reason for that. We have to set a standard. But within that standard being set, we have to set our goals. Eight wins, Pac-12 South. That's what has to be done.
right? Second thing that you have to do, you have to win the recruiting battle. Now with the NIL, we can get everything out the way, right? I saw a quote the other day, um, not even the other day. I saw a quote last night by uh, Jimbo Fisher. And Jimbo Fisher kind of kind of told on what was going on in other conferences. We're not going to say name any conferences, but he kind of told what's going on in other conferences. A laughing Jimbo Fisher on Feinbaum. A lot of NIL deals going on before. All this going on, they just were illegal. They just weren't legal. Nobody told nobody. There's a certain conference that has a special code with the with each other that nobody tells on anybody, and we do what we do. That now alleviates everything. Players can now become hometown names and get paid for being a hometown name. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was at USC, one of the players, he set this whole thing up in his hometown where we go, and we got to sign autographs, and they used our likeness, and we were supposed to get paid for it. And I, I was a freshman at the time, maybe a sophomore. I, I don't quite remember. But when we went there, we had some older cats there that said, hey, we can't do this. This is illegal. We'll get in trouble. Couldn't sign any autographs, couldn't do anything like that. Now we could do that and go get paid for signing our autographs. We weren't be able to get paid for the video game, as you guys know from the L Banding case. With all that being said, if my face is now outside of the wing stop down the street from the school, I get paid for it. If I'm from Bakersfield and I get enough mom and pop shots to put my face on their window and they're the hometown hero that goes to USC, I now get paid for it. I'm in the number two media market in the world. There's no reason for me not to get advertising and get paid. That influences recruiting. That has a lot to do with recruiting. I'm in Hollywood. I'm in the movie mech of the world. That has nothing to do, that has everything to do with recruiting. I can now keep kids home. Just signed, just got a commitment from the number one recruit in California. That's the first positive step by Lincoln Riley as far as recruiting. You get top recruits or you get recruits or you get guys that fit your system that are quality football players that's willing to buy in and you put a good product on the field. I've seen the Coliseum the way it has been in the past. And it's when I was younger and it was in the 90s where it was kind of the same situation. And maybe we could say history repeats itself. It's kind of the same situation and you could get a cheap USC ticket. And they weren't really winning, things like that. And then a change happened. They hired a guy with NFL experience. And within two years, USC was splitting the national championship. Had a plan. He knew what he was doing. He made corrections from his past mistakes. His goal was to keep all the main kids in California. And if we need to fill some spots, we'll go out nationally. If you look at the early signing day, SC signed seven kids. Well, well we won't get too, too much into that. It was... He got hired, and recruiting was already full swing and things like that. He did the right thing by taking the job and leaving early, but they were already in the full swing of recruiting, right? So the early signing day, we'll chop it up. The one that's coming on the second, we'll see what happens. But next year, 2022, is a big year for recruiting for Leak and Riley. 
Recruiting is everything. I, I, I was a college football coach for eight years. And the way you make your money in college football as a coach is recruiting. Can you recruit? Can you, do you spend your time recruiting? There's guys who are known recruiters and not very good coaches. They'll get fired for their coaching ability, but they'll get hired instantly because of the recruiting ability. If you bring three players in like that, changes your whole program. So the product that you guys want to see on the field is not going to happen next year. You guys are asking for a bunch of kids to come in as freshmen and to shake up the world and win a national championship. Oh, but wait, like you, you, you have another rebuttal for me. What about the transfer portal? What about the portal? That's a very good question. What about the portal? Right? You could live in the portal. You're right. You could live in the portal. So my question for you is, does Lincoln Riley change his whole philosophy on recruiting and, and developing the system for the portal? Or does he go and recruit high school kids? That's my question when you bring up the portal. So you're saying, oh, you could go get freshmen from the portal. Go get freshmen. So you want Lincoln Riley to go recruit guys off of no college film. You want Lincoln Riley to recruit guys off a high school film? Like, oh, maybe he didn't like it, this and that. Just because a kid was good in high school, the percentages of him being good in college are slim to none. Everybody doesn't make it. There's only 32 teams in the NFL. There's 118, I believe, in the NCAA. There's thousands, thousands in high school. And let me correct myself. In the FBS, there are 115 teams. Thousands of high schools. High schools with thousands of high schoolers playing high school. There are only 85 scholarships per team. I'll let you guys do the math. The problem I have with the recruiting portal, back to the, the topic again, the problem I have with the recruiting portal is this. You don't develop, and to me, the recruiting portal is a band-aid to fix a situation. Am I against the recruiting portal? Absolutely not. You go recruit a guy, you miss on the guy, he's not quite ready yet. You go get an older guy to fill in until that guy gets ready and everything flows like that. Can you live like that? There are people who live like that. I'll give you an example. Snyder at Kansas State, big time junior college guy. Recruited a lot of junior college guys. He lived on the junior college game. That's what he did. It was successful for him. Has he ever won a national championship at Kansas State? <clears throat> no. You want to know why? Because it's not a good long-term effect. One of the things I said at the top of the show, Lincoln Riley has to come in and create a culture. When you bring a guy in from another culture, it can poison your locker room. And that's a risk that you might have to take sometimes. He has to create a new culture in that locker room on top of the Trojan culture. And he has to find the perfect mix of those two cultures. And he has to put a good product out on the field. When you go on the portal, it's a risk. Of course, coaches know coaches, this and that. But let me tell you something that coaches do. Let me tell you something that coaches do. 
if I have a guy that's not a great guy and I don't want him on my football program and he puts himself in the portal and then all of a sudden like, hey, this kid isn't bad. Let's look at him. Oh, I know a coach there. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? Hey, we're looking at this kid. He's trying to transfer. Oh, he is? Yeah. How is he? Great kid. Take him. Oh, I'm sorry. It didn't work out here for him here. It is what it is. I just got that guy off my roster and he's somebody else's problem now. Right? Then you'll say, oh, well, what do they see each other? It doesn't matter. They're still friends. Ah, oh, you got me on that one. They might pay the favor back. You never know. But that's an issue. They, they will get guys off their roster. And they create another spot. It's a risk of poisoning your culture. It's also a risk of a miss. Uh, here's a good example. There's a receiver that is from Georgia that played on Toledo. Just because he went to Georgia, he was not that great. He's average on Toledo. You see what I'm saying? Like, just because a guy went to a certain school, every single guy that's not that's going to get a scholarship is not going to be the next NFL star. And those are called program guys, and those guys you never heard of. You never heard of me, and I was on scholarship at USC, right? <laughs> so it, 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 you're going to miss. I was a miss. It is what it is. I can live with it. I have no problem with it. I still love USC. I don't regret my decision to this day. So taking that risk with the portal, it, 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 there's a lot of risks, right? Like I said, it's, it, you could poison your culture. It's just a Band-Aid. It doesn't fix it. What if you only get a guy for a year, right? And, and he doesn't come on until later in the year. You're like, damn, I wish I had him for one more year. You know what I mean? That's a risk. You're taking a risk of you want a guy – that's been in your system for two years and understands what's going on now. You bring a guy in that hasn't been in your system and you have to teach it to him in one fall. In one camp, you have to teach it to him compared to somebody who already knows it. Those are the issues that you have to deal with. So am I a fan of the portal? I'm not completely sold on the portal. Am I against the portal? Absolutely not. You should not live in the portal can't use a portal for recruiting you have to use that interlock sc you have to use great recruiting tactics you have to convince these kids to stay here when i was at sc a coach pointed to downtown la and said you see those buildings those buildings are owned by us if you come to school here those could you're part of that we created downtown la things like that makes you think regardless of what you say when USC is hot, they are the hottest ticket in town. And people are going to argue it. But at one time, they were the pro team. They were the hottest ticket in town. I want you to think about this. Think about how long it took for the Coliseum to look the way it did. And I'll give you that answer. It took about three years. They were patient for three years. And if you've never been to a SC game and haven't experienced it like a student, it is the greatest thing you could probably ever experience as a fan. They all tailgate on campus and they walk over and they kick the flagpole and then they get to get in and they, and they go to the student section. And <clears throat> when you come down the stairs, which is the greatest thing. And, I, and that's one of the things like there's certain traditions like I just don't understand why they get rid of. Like, why do you get rid of? Going down the stairs, walking into the Coliseum makes you feel like a Trojan. You're a warrior. You walk into the Coliseum, 
first people you see the student section is already there. They're excited to see you. Like there's certain things that that happen as a Trojan that 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 are just amazing. I don't know if they got rid of the Trojan walk, but just walking down the stairs and being in the middle of the field and 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 just doing certain things that that just capture you. At the end of the day, the worst football fan in the world is not going to want to see what was put on that field. There's a standard as a student at USC. There's a standard as an athlete at USC. And they're just as high. And what's been put on the field at USC is not meeting the standard for even students. Can it be fixed? Absolutely, it could be fixed. Is it close to being fixed? That remains to be unseen. Right? Because the expectations, like I said, the expectations are going to be so high. And people are expecting a national championship right now. They're expecting a four-win football program to go undefeated or lose one game in the toughest college, I guess, league in the world and playing a national championship. Took Nick Saban four years to get Alabama to where they were. Took Dabble, I think, six for them to get where they were. James Franklin is still not at that point. It took Jim Harbaugh, who everybody felt like he should be fired for winning 11 games, almost five years to get where he is now. Jim is playing in a college football playoff after people are calling for him to get fired. Those are the things I want you guys to think about when it comes to SC is back. On top of thinking about that, I want you to think about why are we saying that SC is back? Why were they put in a situation where they left? Right? Those are things you have to ask yourself. Why were they put in a situation where SC is back? And it's hard to see for the landscape of the game that Miami's the average football team. Florida's been average as of late. SC is average, right? There's only 10 programs, quote unquote, that turn a profit. And one of them is only a four-win football program. We're going into bowl season, and SC's not winning, not playing a bowl game. Never mind the point of winning. SC's not playing a bowl game. We talked about goals earlier and realistic goals for SC fan. The most realistic goal for any SC fan, and you ask anybody who goes to USC, you ask anybody who plays for USC, and they'll all tell you the same thing. The most realistic goal for an SC fan, the most realistic goal for any SC player is to win the Rose Bowl. Own the Rose Bowl. Most appearances by any school, we are. Right? Own it. Can't control who goes to the national championship, right? Because you're you're dealing with biases and things like that. But there's one guarantee. If you win the Pac-12, you go to the Rose Bowl. All right. You're gonna hey, you said you said, well, 
You said, well, we're only going to win eight games, and we should only win the South. That's correct. You should win eight games, and you should win the South. If you win 11, you, the SC is overachieving in the 22 season. Let's be realistic. They lost to UCLA. Lost to Oregon State. Lost to Utah. Got smoked by Cal. By uh, by two teams that were completely checked out, they lost to Cal. How how you think you could change that culture overnight? You think you could walk in and change that culture overnight? Let me tell you what's going on in that locker room. There's players in there. We got a new coach. Yes, I'm going to get my chance. I'm going to get my chance. The other coaches there before me, they, they, they didn't like me. I'm going to get my chance. And, of course, here's your response. Well, they should just get in the portal. It's a simple way. The easy way is get in the portal. These are guys who's trying to stick it out and earn their keep. I'm going to get my chance. They get there, and they're not performing the way they th- that they think they are performing, and then they get upset. And it goes back to culture. So then they start to poison their culture. Right? Now you got guys that are upset. You got guys that aren't going to buy into the system. You also have the guys who use the term, I'm going to use them. They ain't going to use me. These guys aren't as dangerous because it's like, I'm going to use this scholarship to get a degree from USC. And if they were there for COVID, they're going to use the scholarship to get a master's degree, six years of school free at the University of Southern California. Those guys aren't dangerous. They buy in. They show up to everything on time. They don't cause any trouble. The guys who have their family on them, the guys who are relying on their family to go pro, their families relying on them to go pro, excuse me, those guys got to get in the game. The coaches don't like me. Those guys become cancers in the locker room. Those guys don't buy in. Those are the guys you have to worry about. Because it was Helton's fault and his staff's fault why they didn't play. But then Lincoln Riley comes in, and then his staff comes in, and then they don't play. So now it's Lincoln Riley's staff's fault. (laughs) It becomes Lincoln Riley. That's how it works. It's Lincoln Riley's staff's fault. They become a cancer. None of the coaches like me, this and that. And then you deal with suicide by coach. You do things, keep doing things, keep doing things. The coach finally kicks you off. It's the coach's fault. There's a bunch of stuff that goes on with cancers in the locker room. The hardest thing to do is getting guys to buy in. You can get guys buy in when you're Lincoln Riley because of your name, but you don't know how Lincoln, well, you don't know what Lincoln Riley's rules are, right? You don't know what his rules are. You might not agree with his rules. And this is just speaking as a player. Right, this is a culture thing. You don't you don't know his rules. You might not abide by his rules, and those things you have to worry about. So you have to deal with those type of guys consistently on a just every day on an everyday basis. You have to prove in a lot of areas. That, that that that's one of the things that I don't think people understand. You have to prove in a lot of areas. They have to improve overall on defense. They have to approve overall on defense. Their defensive line is below average. Their linebackers are below average. Their DVDs are way below average. And maybe their DVDs are below average because their defensive line isn't against the quarterback. Right? 
When was the last time we're getting a situation where there's not a defensive player considered in the top rounds that's from USC? How is this a concurrent thing coming out of USC? We don't have a defensive player that's even being considered. You know, it, it, those <laughs> I'm speechless about that. That that that's the part I don't understand. They have to get 100 better on defense. That's one thing they do have to do. Where everybody's saying, "Well, Oklahoma doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a great defense," so you start to ask yourself, "Is it the tool or the person using the tool?" Right? And and, and Riley brought his DC with him. Brought his defense coordinator with him. And so is it the tool or the person using the tool? Well, here's a new tool, sir. See if that works. But then everything always comes back to recruiting. Right? Bunch of DBs are being signed. Bunch of athletes are being signed. Pay attention to that. There's a reason why those things happen. Pay attention to that. Offensive line has to get better. Offensive line has to get better. People say the quarterback is bad. I disagree. I don't think they had terrible quarterbacks. I don't think they had Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. And and, and then when you're a quarterback at USC, that's the expectation. Right? You, 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 your quarterback is to win the Heisman. Your running back has to win the Heisman, right? If you look in the stands, if you look in the stands, all the Heisman Trophy winners were either running backs or quarterbacks. I even count Reggie Bush as the Heisman Trophy winner. I think they should put number five back in there. I don't think anybody should ever wear number five again. But that's a different conversation for another day. Can they get better running back? Yes. I think their receivers are really good. So the question comes in, is it because they had a lot of opportunities or they're just talented? We're going to find out. Because one thing about Lincoln Riley is he just hired an offensive line coach as his offensive coordinator. And offensive line coaches tend to run the ball a lot more than you think. Will he pass? Yeah. But you're going to see SC run the ball. Now, this is what happens when you run the ball a lot more and you throw less than 50 times a game, you're going to see a lot less picks. Right? And if they're in a balanced stack, even if it's 60 40. You know, if it's a lot balanced attack and you're still starting to see a lot of you still see a lot of picks, that quarterback is bad. So it, if Dart is throwing a lot of picks this upcoming season, then he's just not the guy. But they got a guy coming from Los Alamitos. Which we have to wait a whole nother football season for because he's still a he's gonna be a senior in high school. So we'll wait. We'll wait and see about the quarterback. But up front, they have to get completely better. Their whole defense has to get completely better. The defense just needs to get physically better. There's no swag. Playing at SC was swag. You got to have something to you. And and they just didn't have it. And that's where it has to go. So. I'm going to close this thing out. This is my introduction show. I'm running a little short here. Is Lincoln Riley the answer? We don't know yet. Are the the Trojans going to win a national championship next year? It's not possible, but it's not realistic. 
Are they going to get better in recruiting? That's what we need to find out. And that's what's going to over that's what's going to put it over the top. And if you want to know how I feel about the hire, because you probably guys probably just think, man, I just bashed it. I'm never going to bash. I'm always going to tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. I think Lincoln Riley is a great hire for USC. I think he's a great hire for USC. And I hope it works out for him. And I want to see USC back on the top. We need to recruit better. We need to play better on defense. We'll do that. And we'll be back at the top. Play defense, recruit better, and keep kids at home. We'll see you see back where they belong. I thank you guys for spending this time with me. Once again, I'm Alfred Rowe. Live strong, fight on. See you guys next week.